Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. All right, you guys ready to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Ray? Joining us right now on the Roman Guest Line, the voice of the Suns, and of course the national radio voice of the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? I think the Cowboys have some sort of game coming up this week. I'm not quite sure what they'll be doing. Oh, it's just the playoffs. Kevin, thank you for joining the show, sir. My favorite trio. How we doing? We're doing well. We're, we're really your favorite trio? I thought it was oh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> oh, come on now. All right. All right. I, <laughs> and, and by the way, being being a full-service guest, as I try to be for you guys, uh, you, you know, skip the Nature Valley. You got to do the, the caveman the caveman granola bar. You like, Are those um, the soft ones that come in the – is that Cliff, yeah. the Cliff Bar? Is it Cave? Well, no, it's that not may Cliff be different. Bar. Cliff, yeah, too, too much sugar in the Cliff Bar. You got to go caveman. That's how you nice, know he lives moist in granola bar, and yeah, yeah, there, there won't be any choking or jagging <laughs> or. <laughs> it's kind of a part of, part of the experience at this point. Like I can't, I can't enjoy my granola bar unless I'm like gasping for air. It's kind of like eating a Popeye's biscuit. I just, you know, just choke it out, and then after you finish, like, wow, that was a challenge, but it, that food was delicious. <laughs> just hopefully your eyes don't roll back in your head in the process. Yes, I got, got to make it to the show, Kevin. Dallas plays the 49ers. Of course, they are at home, the three point favorites in this. Game. All right, you see Micah Parsons is talking a little bit. Okay, he's chirp, trying to chirp. do a little chirp, chirp. It's it's the postseason. You can expect that. What is one thing when evaluating this Dallas Cowboys team at this point that you think people are maybe overlooking? Because I, for me, like I think their offense is so high powered, and we watch how good they can be for like the first six weeks of the season. Then they kind of took a steep dive to being a little above average. What's one thing that the people are, are undervaluing with this Dallas Cowboys team? Yeah. I- I would say that if there's one thing that they they tend to overvalue is, and I think this is just because of the, the Cowboys' reputation defensively, especially over the last probably decade plus, because it's been that long since they've had a, a really solid defense. But I think a lot of people just continue to believe that the Cowboys have fluked their way to an NFL best 34 turnovers for, forced. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the farthest thing from the truth. Now, now having said that, um, you can't always rely on generating turnovers. Um, and that's where this, this offense, as you pointed out, which was so explosive the first seven weeks of the season, has kind of gone into hibernation. And without some of those turnovers, they have not been nearly as explosive. And, and I, I point to one, you know, one direct uh, area of the game, and that, that's the rushing attack or lack thereof. They, they've just not been able to run the football effectively for like eight, nine weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were number two in the league in rushing the, you know, during that win streak. But since that time, 
Zeke has not even well, he I guess he approached 100 rushing yards on uh, on Saturday there against a you know a second team Philadelphia defense, but for the most part, you know, without that run game, the play action doesn't freeze a defense nearly as much, if at all. And then you've got all the pressure on the shoulders of, of Dak Prescott. So, you know, it kind of goes hand in glove there. But I, I do think that a lot of times, even, you know, after all this time, that, that people think that, ah, the, the Cowboys somehow fluked their way to 34 turnovers forced. Uh, Kevin, who do you give the coaching advantage to? It sounds like an easy question because everybody loves Kyle Shanahan, but he's only taken the 49ers to the playoffs once. They went to the Super Bowl. They've had a bunch of injuries. You know, and with Mike McCarthy, I'm a lifelong Packers fan, so I like to joke with them about him, but he has won a Super Bowl. So how big is the coaching and, advantage, do you think, in this and one? And it's Dan Quinn versus Right, uh, you got Shanahan. Dan Quinn, and you have Kellen Moore calling yep. the play, so it's not like McCarthy's calling him. How big, how big of a disadvantage or advantage do you think that is, the coaching in uh, this game coming up on Sunday? I give the coaching advantage to Bill Belichick. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. He's, he's not in this. Okay. Uh, so that's the only coach. That, I, I agree, though, kind of. You know, like, that's the only guy where it's like, I don't want to bet against him and Saban. Yeah, it's uh, – I would I would give probably a slight edge to McCarthy for the very reason that you guys pointed out, that he's got Dan Quinn there. Yeah. And, you know, Quinn knows what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Um, if if only Kyle Shanahan would have run the football like seven more times in the Super Bowl, they, he might have a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Um, but that's a different story. But I, I would give the Cowboys a slight edge just because of that and then the obvious reason just being at home with the coaching staff. Kevin, I am a, a Cowboy fan myself since I was a little girl. And – Along the way, I've been watching Cowboys games with a family that's like pseudo-adopted me, and they're Cowboys fans as well. And th- last Sunday, we were all hoping and praying and wishing that the Bucks would lose, the Cardinals would lose, and the Rams would lose. We got two or three. And truthfully, right. the team that I did not want to see again was the Cardinals, just based on Kyler Murray's record at Jerry's World, and then secondly, the Rams. For you, like... In the teams that could have played the Cowboys in this wild card round, how do you rank them in terms of like who has the best chance of upsetting the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, you know, you listen to everybody around the, you know, uh, everybody around the, the the media world and the NFL world, and they will tell you it's the matchup that they've got, which is the San Francisco yep. 49ers because of what they do and and how they do it. Um, there, there was part of me, kind of in an odd sort of way, despite Kyler's unbeaten mark at Jerry's World, um, you know, the, the fact that they would have matched up so closely within, you know, three weeks, you know, of, of facing one another. Uh, and these two teams played in the preseason. You take it for what it's worth. So there was a part of me that, that really almost did want the Cardinals as a draw, feeling like the Cowboys would have been able to make the necessary adjustments. Uh, that being said, you know, you got the Niners. And I think, again, you go back to Dan Quinn with this defense. It, it will be very interesting, I think, to see what he puts on the field defensively because the one thing that Kyle Shanahan loves to do with this offense he, he's got a lot of eye candy. And, of course, Debo Samuel, as we've seen, is like, a, you know, he's like a Gensu knife, man. He, he yeah. is just – you can so do good. anything and everything with him. And I think the, the, the key for this Dallas defense, which has been ultra-aggressive all season long, which has helped them generate the 34 turnovers, is can you be patient? 
And can you allow the game to kind of slow down? And and Micah Parsons, I know you guys said he was chirping, and, and you know, I've loved watching this kid play, but this is one of those games and one of those matchups where being the fastest isn't necessarily the best thing. Mm. You know, it, it's like breaking news. You you don't necessarily want to be first if you're incorrect. You right. want to have the right news. And I think that's the approach that the Dallas Cowboys defense has to have, which is, you know, stay in your gaps and don't always believe the first thing that you see with this offense because there's lots of motion, there's lots of movement, and if Shanahan can, Shanahan can get you moving as a defense, he's going to hit you on the opposite side. Well, Kev, while we have you here, we might as well ask you, what's your prediction? We always get you a prediction uh, for this game. So right now, Cowboys three-point favorites. Who wins and which team covers the spread, more importantly? That's actually what all, all that matters, unless you're a money line better. <laughs> but if you're an ATS guy, you just want to care who covers the numbers. It's all about the numbers, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I, look, I, I'm going to give I'll give the Cowboys a a slight edge um, because they are home and because they have been a almost a completely different team at home. Uh, they, they've been scoring about 14 more points at home than they have on the road, save for that last game on Saturday night against you know Philadelphia. So I, I think we'll go with that, but but. They won't cover. Mm. Wow! I always knew I wanted to take the 49ers. Are you you're looking like? Are you against that? Are no, you? no, no. I mean, I like the points with the San Francisco 49ers, but man, I keep going back and forth. I think the Cowboys are going to win. So I originally wanted to see Kev. I wanted to see Mike McCarthy against Rogers. I don't know that I want to see Dallas, but then again, like we're going to have to beat good teams. I know I was kind of just maybe hoping like the Eagles could pull off the upset. Maybe the Cardinals. I want to face like. Kyler and Jalen and those guys. I don't want to face like you, you mean know, rookies. Brady. Yeah, yeah. Guys that have never, you know, played a playoff game ever. That's right. what I'm hoping. Experienced for. guys Look. with things to lose, right? And hey, let me let me tell you. Let me tell you, don't sleep on the Philadelphia Eagles, guys. I know they gotta go on the road and I know it's but that team, the way they've been rushing the football yeah. with the vulnerability that, that Tampa Bay has shown. Don't sleep on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not saying that they'll win it, but I'm with that's you. A, that's what's the spread on that one? I that one's eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. I like that as well. And it's went down. Will cover. I think so too. I took the Eagles. I'm with you there. Hey, yesterday Trist asked me a really good question about like the five players I would start a franchise with under under 25, and I never hear anybody say DeAndre Ayton, but I just feel like he's almost like a throwback. And I threw him on my list. What do you think his ceiling is as a player, DeAndre Ayton? Oh, look, it, it, it is absolutely unlimited. I mean, if, if you watch this guy and if you watched him at all in the NBA Finals last year, you can see, I mean, you know, I'll go old school on you guys. Yeah. And, and again, just just a, a, just small little shades of Akeem Olajuwon because of his footwork, because of Man. his the wingspan he has, the moves that he has around the basket offensively, and and he's just figuring out the game as a big man yeah. because you know in in college at U of A for the one year I mean he wasn't really he wasn't played as a five you're playing as a glorified four basically and he's just really beginning to scratch the surface so I mean I think everybody here and and many folks around the NBA believe that his ceiling is absolutely unlimited it just comes down to to DA and putting in the time and the work. And, and the last year, 
year and a half, he has done that. And and one of the things that I've said on our telecast multiple times, I give full credit to Mark Bryant, big man coach. You know, he's he's one of those assistant coaches. His name doesn't get thrown out there a lot. But that guy has done amazing things with D.A. Uh, and even what he's been able to unlock with JaVale McGee in, uh, in the short time he's been with the Suns. All right. Well, we I guess we have to go. I was just going to ask one quick question, though, Kevin. Do you think DeAndre Ayton has the capability in the right system to to play like Joel Embiid? Mm. Uh I mean, I, I think, I guess in the right – look, I, I would tell you he's in the right system now. You know, everybody – I think that, that people over the last five to six years, maybe even just a little bit longer, you know, the, the, the five has been looked at – again, almost I'll use the same phrase – like a glorified four. They want the fives to shoot the three. And, and D.A. can shoot the three. I think he's launched like maybe five this season. But that's that is not his strength in this system, you know. If he went someplace else, could he? Sure, but I, I think you are taking away really his his, his best strength. Yeah. Which All right, is Kevin. Operating in and around the paint. Here's the thing: I saw DeAndre Ayton when he was like 15 years old, um, playing at the Adidas Nation, and he liked playing on the perimeter. He liked putting the ball on the floor. He liked being face up. And, you know, now, and I do think that this is a better system for him to thrive in a, in a winning system as a, as a great screener, roller, big, getting rebounds, all that gritty stuff. But, like, my question is if you were to build around D.A., like, if that was the primary focal point for your offense, like, could he develop into a style of player like Embiid? Absolutely, Yeah. Yeah, because he he has the complete skill set. Like I said, he'll he'll shoot the three point shot, and you know his first couple of years it, it was a little bit clunky. But you know because Monty Williams, even with this offense, knows that as long as you pose a threat, you're going to require the defense and the nearest defender to at least think about stepping out on you. Um, and, and yeah, you look at his three-point shot now. It's it's much more fluid. Um, still, probably a little bit of a delay in that three-point release. But yeah, if he were in that kind of a system, there's no doubt in my mind that that he could do that and do it pretty well. Kevin, what do you think the Phil? I was about to say the Philadelphia 76 What do you think the uh, Suns are going to do at the trade deadline? If anything, like, is there like a glaring need of this team that you can identify and, and any sneaky moves that they can make? I know their current cap situation is a little wonky, especially those contending teams where you can't really make huge splashes. Not that they need one, but anything that you think this team may be keeping their eye on? Yeah, I mean, if if there's one area that this team has got to get better at, and, and we had James Jones, the Suns general manager, on, um, I guess it's been probably close to a month now that we had him on our telecast, and and James said it, you know, on the telecast, and which was kind of reinforcing what uh, EJ Eddie Johnson, my partner, thought is, and that's just you know defensive rebounding, yeah. uh, and last night was a, a classic example. Um, the Raptors, you know, crushed them um, with offensive rebounding last night, and it's been kind of a a continuing problem, which has allowed second chance points. And the Suns held Toronto to like forty percent shooting, thirty nine percent shooting from the field, and like thirty percent from beyond the arc. But because they kept getting offensive rebounds, they were able to hang around and, and make it a game. And that's an area that that has to be addressed, whether it's internally or whether they look 
externally. Do you think they would move Jalen Smith? Because I saw his name was rumored. You know, I thought Boston might be interested in him, but do you think that they would move him? Because I, I just, I, I like them having the depth. And I guess, you know, now that Aiton's back, especially, there's probably not a huge role for him, but I don't know, man. Like we've seen crazy stuff happen. I just think he's a nice piece off the bench. Do you think they would move him or try to hang on to him? I right, interest you in Montrez Harrell yeah. and send Jalen Smith back to Maryland because he's a turp. This is where he's, he belongs. There you go. Getting getting back in the uh, in the area code, right? Yeah. Uh, look, I I would say again with this team with James Jones, and especially because of the window of Chris Paul. Yeah. Is you're really looking at, at two years, the next two years, this season and next season for Chris Paul, even though he's got a you know third year on that deal, but look, J- James is going to do whatever he needs to do uh, that he feels is going to put this team over the top and Jalen has really emerged over the last three weeks. And, you know, it kind of came about just as a direct result of the health and safety protocols. And, you know, that, that door opened and full credit to him, he stepped in and played well. Now the, the, the thing that's going to be interesting. And last night we saw it, um, his minutes primarily, I'd say like 95% of his minutes in the immediate future is going to be at the four. Yeah. And it's, it's a position that, that he's even told his coaches, it's like he's not completely comfortable with because I think in his mind, you know, he's, you're always a, you're always a five. You, you've been told you're a five, but Jalen's strengths short-term and long-term will be as a four. And he's got a, he's got a beautiful three point shot and he just needs more time out there on the wing. Um, and he's another guy that I think can can really take some big steps here, you know, over the next couple of seasons. Now, uh, Kevin, do you do you think uh, that there are many pure point guards left in the league right now? Because Chris Paul is probably the throwback of the throwback, right? And you see how good Cleveland got when they picked up Ruby, uh, Ricky Rubio. Excuse me. Um, a lot of guys would argue they're these these ones are just twos in point guards' bodies, you know, seeking to shoot. Um, how would you assess like how the NBA has changed, given the fact that you've seen Steve Nash up close, pure point guard, and now you don't see that nearly as much? Yeah, I mean, you, you're really right. And you you look around the league and you say, gosh, is, is, there, is there a future Steve Nash, a future Chris Paul? And I'd have to say there really isn't. And uh, look, it, it goes back to, you know, you were talking about watching D.A. at 15 and he enjoyed shooting. Well, look, if, if you watch any kind of club ball, AAU ball, I mean, that's all they have those guys doing is out on the perimeter. Everybody, everybody wants to shoot a three. And nobody wants to be that, that table setter, the distributor. And uh, I feel extremely fortunate and blessed to have been able to watch. I mean, you know, dating myself, but when I first got here in Arizona, Kevin Johnson, yep. you know, w- was brilliant point guard. And then you get to see a Steve Nash. We had Jason, we had Jason Kidd, Steve Nash uh, here, here at the same time, <clears throat> along with Kevin Johnson as he was wrapping up his career. So it, this in some way has been kind of, you know, uh, the the NBA version of point guard you, but yeah, I guess long winded answer to your question. I I don't really know that I see another like 
crew one whose main focus is to distribute the ball and set his teammates up. Hey, Kevin, going back uh, to the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend, wild card weekend. Uh, so in the NFC, I think it's really like there's a couple teams that could legitimately win it all. Tampa Bay, even though we're kind of counting them out because of the injuries, I won't be shocked if Brady's playing in the Super Bowl. You know, Dallas and Green Bay. But in the AFC, I feel like it's wide open. Like the number one seed is Tennessee, and nobody's even talking about them. Who do you think... If you had to make a bet, if you had to make a pick, who would you go with in the AFC? Is it the Bills, maybe the Patriots? Which team uh, catches your eye? Yeah, you know, I, I felt coming into the season that just looking at the the growth and kind of the trajectory of the Buffalo Bills, that this could be their year to dethrone Kansas City. Um but they've, you know, they've kind of played helter skelter all season long. They've had a few bad losses. Um, and yeah, it is funny. You look at Tennessee and everybody's like, yeah. hey, wait a minute, T- Tennessee's the number one seed. I know. Um, but if, if, if you get a Derrick Henry back and he's fresh their their defense has improved, but end of the day, the way this Kansas city defense has played. And, and I know that, you know, since he got after him a little bit, um, I, I'll, I'll give a slight edge to Kansas City, but if there's a team that I could see making people sweat and getting to the AFC Championship game, I mean, Cincinnati's a team, you look at them, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know, that's who I'm rooting for. I love they that. kind of remind me of Buffalo, yeah. you know, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of their overall inexperience where they weren't quite ready to win it. But I'm anxious to see Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati team come playoff time. Kevin, is there an argument that you have uh, maybe as to who you think deserves the MVP award? This has like been an ongoing thing. I feel like when you put the stats side by side, Brady versus versus uh, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers currently is is losing that battle to Brady in terms of numbers. But then you look at like on-field performance and team success and Aaron Rodgers, all the Green Bay Packers, it speaks for themselves. Who is the MVP in your mind? Because I think a lot of people are feeling like this is up in the air, especially with the off-the-field stuff that has happened with Aaron Rodgers. That kind of fits into the whole narrative side of MVP voting. Yeah, and look, anybody that MVP voting and the MVP award is for your on-field performance. And however, you, anybody around the globe feels about you know Aaron Rodgers' personal decisions – those should have no impact on, you know, on your decision and vote uh, for the NFL MVP award. Here's what I would tell you, and people could call it a cop-out, but, and I know it's highly unlikely that it happened, but why couldn't you have co-MVPs? Because you could, mm. you could sit there and make an argument for both of these guys. Oh, yeah. If you're splitting hairs, maybe, maybe Aaron has a slight advantage uh, you know, when you look at, at, at Brady and the loss to New Orleans and, you know, the, the way that they were kind of manhandled in that game. Uh, but you also kind of look at what Tom has or hasn't had for the last, what, six weeks of the season. And you could make the argument there. So I, I, I would say, why not give co-MVP awards? Yeah, Kevin, I actually have a different take. So I'm a huge Rodgers guy, and I want him to win it. But I'm actually, if I had a vote, I would go with Jonathan Taylor just because of Carson Wentz. Like, the fact that they almost got into the playoffs (laughs) with him as their quarterback, it was all because of him. So I would go with JT, actually. Kevin, I promised you I would tell you why, but my sister, I grew up in Portland, 
and my sister was dating a guy from Texarkana. And I was like seven, eight years old, and this is the heyday of the Dallas Cowboys. And I would watch football with her and her boyfriend in the basement. And then all that flash, all of the stars and Troy Aikman, all that flashy stuff, and then Tony Romo, it just caught me. And I was never a Seattle fan. Uh, Seattle and Portland, you know, we have beef, you know how it is. And so from then on, I've just been all about America's team. So I have to say, Kevin, it would be an honor if Dallas ends up going to the Super Bowl in L.A. If you could, you know, slide some tickets my way. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that you're just absolutely open about it. So I can at least start working on it now. Yeah, I'm giving you advance notice. It's 834, January 12th. I know it's a long shot, but this thing is extending multiple years. It's a long-term friendship between you and I now. I mean, right. I mean, like anything else, you got to shoot your shot, That's right? That's right. That's right. Your co-host shot my shot on uh, something else. Ask him about the DM that he shot me today. Whoa. <laughs> Not like that. It was about some shoes. I don't know. It it, it kind of comes off like, I was like, wait a minute. I I was a little concerned about where the direction of the show was going. Yeah, I was like, what what just happened? Not like that. Not like that. Thanks for coming on the show, Kevin. We'll see you soon. You got it. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Uh, Kevin. That was Kevin Ray uh, here on the Roman Guest Line. Get your free evaluation for ongoing care and uh, online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to roman.com slash betql now to get $15 off your first month. That's roman.com slash betql. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.